was caught on the hop today. I didn't bring the written announcements. I brought the evening sermon outline for this evening. <laughs> but I've got the morning one, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> um, I'm glad for the telegram that Elise said she usually brings the order of service and that, so I've had to rely, or Troy's had to rely on the phone for all the things that happened up till, till now. But now we go on into the <clears throat> sermon for this morning. And as you know, we've been looking at the attribute, attributes of God. What is God like? And back before that, we're looking at doctrine. That's the big theme for probably the year, the new year, as well as part of the old. And we started with God. What is God like? And we've been looking at his attributes. We did a summary on omnipotence that is all-powerful along with he is true and he is free back in, I believe it was August. Today we're elaborating a little bit on his omniscience. Oh, sorry, omnipotence. <laughs> I get omniscience, omnipotence and omnipresence, the three omnis. And so we're looking at his, his power today, his omnipotence. Uh, <clears throat> what can God do? His power, it's been said, is large as his will. It is. <laughs> all of his natural attributes are closely associated and tied together. You have to take them all together. Because if you isolate them, you can have God doing things that he wouldn't do because of his other attributes. You see, God is in all places... But without the power to act in those places, his presence there would be vain, wouldn't it? What's the use if he hasn't got omnipotence to go along with his omnipresence in that place? Yet they tie together. God must be in all places to hold all things together, as it says in the book of Colossians chapter 1. So he holds it all together. By him, all things consist. That means hold together. <laughs> Aren't you glad God holds all things together? And as we look at his omnipotence today and his power to do things, at the end of the sermon I pray that we'd appreciate God more. Looking at his attributes should teach us to love him more for what he has done for us. And, and it will do for us for eternity. And, and we're in his hands. John 10 says we're in the hollow of his hands. And so... Looking forward to the day when we meet the Lord and it's going to be a revelation. We have the revelation of his word that gives us a little bit, but there's so much more. Let's pray as we start to look at God's word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for how great and powerful you are. That you are here present with us, for where two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst. That's your word, tells us that. Lord, that you have power to save, you have power to sustain, and you have power to give us the assurance of heaven forever and ever. And I pray, Lord, that if we have some doubts about you this morning, that they would be dismissed by the word of God and they would come closer and draw closer to you, that the one who is so great deems to call us his beloved his children, his sons and his daughters. Thank you. 
Heavenly Father. And I pray, Lord, for those that are here, that a blessing be ours, and those that are listening in online, that a blessing would be theirs. And the glory would come to the name of our God through the Lord Jesus as we pray in his name. Amen. <coughs> the definition of omnipotence. This is a big subject. We've touched on it in a summary, and this is really just a summary, because if you were in a theological class at a college, you'd be a long time studying it. <coughs> what do we mean by the omnipotence of God? Has God the power to make a square a circle? <laughs> you start, <laughs> and that's right. <laughs> Because you reason. We've been created in his image, and so we reason, we think after him. Think his thoughts after him. Obviously, God can do anything, but he doesn't do the absurd. Okay? He doesn't make squares into circles. It's contradictory. It's contradictory to other of his attributes. Questions of this nature are nonsense because unsaved people will bring them up. If he's all-powerful then, and then they'll put something in, you say, well, no, as you know the attributes of God, you'll say that contradicts that attribute. He wouldn't do that. He doesn't go contrary to his, his own power, his own abilities and his attributes. They're outside the realm of reason and logic, and they have nothing to do with omnipotence anyway, <laughs> making a square or a circle. Let's look at some scriptures concerning the things that are negatively or negatively define his power, his omnipotence. Some things that God cannot do, this is the negative side. He cannot behold evil because the Bible says in Habakkuk 1.13, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on iniquity. And immediately we say, well, we all can put our hands up. I'm a sinner. I'm iniquitous. I do things wrong. God can't look at me. Ha 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 ha. But he can see us through the blood of his son. And we are cleansed. And he doesn't see the iniquity. His son has taken our sins away. I remember the old Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Furlong, that hailed from Emerald down near Cockatoo. She taught in religious instruction classes in the Emerald State School till she was about 94. She's gone to be with the Lord a few years ago. But she held up a paper and it had red writing all over it, our sin, you know. And then she held up a bit of cellophane, red cellophane. And as you look through the red cellophane, you couldn't see anything on the paper. The red cancelled out the red on the paper. And it's a good illustration, isn't it? Through the blood, God doesn't see our sin. Um, <clears throat> he cannot behold evil. And he doesn't see our sin in, because we're cleansed from, in the blood of the Lord. He cannot lie in Hebrews 6.18. I must move on. <laughs> that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. God made promises to the, Israel, the nation of Israel. And he's going to keep those promises. We see the action happening over there now. And it's going to come to pass. He, he cannot lie. And for those people who say God's done with Israel, you know what they're calling God? A liar. They're calling him a liar because he wrote in his word 
things that have to do with the future of Israel that are unconditionally going to be kept by the covenants he made. He's not going to lie. Praise God. If he didn't lie to them, he's not going to lie to us when he says, believe on me and you'll have eternal life. He hasn't lied. That, he will keep that promise. <clears throat> as many as believed in him, to them gave he what? Eternal life. He cannot be tempted. In James 1.13, he cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Satan tempts. God tests us. Satan tempts us. And God cannot be tempted, neither will he tempt you to sin. Don't say when you've fallen into sin, when we've fallen into sin, God made me do it. <laughs> That's not true. That's a lie of the devil, isn't it? He cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. All the unbelievers in this world today doesn't make God like you know he's made a promise to us he cannot keep it's he doesn't transgress over the top of your will you have a will to choose and you are responsible for the choices you make we make uh, god can do cannot do anything that is contrary to his nature in those things listed and there are other things you could find in the scriptures positively defined uh, the the omnipotence of God means he can do whatever he wills to do. And as we get through the today, we'll say, oh, it is enormous. Our minds cannot comprehend the power of God. But he can do whatever he wills, but he won't will to do anything outside of that which contradicts, as I said before, his other attributes. That's in harmony with his perfections. He cannot lie in the things we've seen there. So there's definitions of omnipotence. There's the scriptures. That's a negative and positive. The scriptures that speak on omnipotence. You know, the word is used. This word is used in scripture once. <laughs> in the last book, almost the last chapter of the Bible, in chapter 19... And verse 6 of Revelation, and it reads, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of mighty thunderings. They had some thunderings around the Gold Coast and up there, didn't they, just recently? And up in, in, in the East Coast up higher. And it just constant. And the light was like, when that happened around here, you've got solar panels that put the light into darker rooms, it's just automatic. And at night time, the solar panels were glowing. <laughs> and I'm say up there in Brisbane where the, the solar panels would have been powering up at night time. But uh, the voice, his mighty thunderings. This is the voice of God. And it says, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He's in control. He's in control. He reigns. So <clears throat> these are some scriptures. So let's read some of the scriptures that give us a sense of the power, the omnipotence of God and help us to see how his power is manifest. And there's just a few of the multitude of scriptures you could go to. Job 42 verse 2, one of the oldest books written. Not the first, it's not back in before Genesis, but it's one of the oldest books written. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought 
can be withholden from thee. God can do everything. He knoweth our thoughts afar off. In Genesis 8.14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I'll return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. That's God speaking to Abraham, saying, Is anything too hard for God? You know, we think in the human realm. Let's lift our thoughts higher to God. Nothing's too hard for him. Daniel 4.35, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand, nor say unto him, What doest thou? How many times have we said, as a Christian even, Lord, why are you doing, why are you doing that? People might be saying today about the world situation, Lord, why are you allowing these things to happen? God has a purpose. He's a plan. Can anyone stay it? No. It'll roll on. <laughs> It'll roll on. Praise the Lord for that. Dan uh, Nahum chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 reads, The mountains quake at him, the hills melt, the earth is burned at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. And the rocks are thrown down by him. I'm sure that Nahum may have had an idea, uh, thoughts about Sinai when the, the law was being given and the rocks were rent. And as Moses is up on the mount, oh, poor old Moses. But he, he knew he was safe in God's hands, didn't he? Up there getting the law uh, <coughs> written by the hand and finger of God on the tables of stone. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 46, verse 10 and 11. These are scriptural statements on his omnipotence it says in that chapter declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and i will do my pleasure calling <clears throat> a ravenous bird from the east the man that executeth my, my counsel from a far country yea i have spoken it i will also bring it to pass I have purposed it, I will do it. This is God speaking. <laughs> and uh, read Isaiah, read Jeremiah, the great major prophets, and Daniel, and Ezekiel. <laughs> you can't stop at one, can you? Just read them and see the power of God in his working in the children of Israel. And it was a negative working in their day because Israel had sinned and they'd be put out of the land. They'd come back in our day. <laughs> But they were put out because of their rebellion and their sin. Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, <clears throat> and verses 6 and 8, it reads there, The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its goodliness like the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people are grass. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have called you grass, but God does. <laughs> he's allowed to. He's, he's the creator. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. A reminder of how temporal we are on this earth, where grass that withereth, flowers that fade. But the power of the Lord will continue and he will redeem. 
In verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 40, it says this, Behold, the nations are like a drop in the bucket, and are counted as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. Now, start thinking about the omnipotence of God, (laughs) the power of God. The nations are a drop in the bucket. People fear nations. Other nations fear other nations. But God said they're just a drop in the bucket. They're a very small thing, the coast and isles thereof. Lebanon is mentioned in the next verse. (laughs) Verse 22 of Isaiah 40 reads, It is he who sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are like, what's the word? Grasshoppers. A plague of grasshoppers we are. (laughs) Making you feel good today? (laughs) We're not a feel-good church. We're a church that tells the Bible as it is, and you have to come before God realising in humbleness who you are. And unless we humble ourselves before God, we're not accepted by him. He's not trying to put us down. When he saves us, then he tells us what we are and what we have. And we are important. He, he concentrates on the individual. Though there's millions, billions, millions of us around the world, he thinks your thoughts he knows your thoughts he knows your actions he knows the hairs of your head he knows the sparrows that are around he is a powerful god okay these are some of the scriptures this is another one luke 1 37 for with god nothing shall be impossible Jeremiah 32 verse 17 Ah Lord God behold thou hast made heaven and earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there is nothing too hard for thee and so God's power was openly displayed when he the Lord Jesus became incarnate and tabernacled among or dwelt amongst men to the leper what did Jesus say I will be thou clean what happened to the leper He was cleansed, leprously, uh, immediately left, Matthew 8, 3. To Lazarus, Jesus cried, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave, having been dead for four days. And remember, his, his sister had it right. Was it Martha or Mary said, Lord, you can't do that. Don't open the grave. It stinks. You know, and Mary was concerned that, the Lord would raise a stink. And he, he, it wasn't a, a body, a resurrected body came out of the grave. That was the power. That was just a little empty bit of the power of God. Come forth. The stormy wind as the disciples were rowing and hard rowing and they were men that knew the sea and knew Galilee and the winds had come and they'd rowed all night and then the Lord had come walking on the waves and they, Lord, don't you care? And another time he's in the boat and he was asleep while the storm raged. And they said, don't you care, Lord, that we perish? And the Lord said, be thou still. What happened? (laughs) A glassy sea. That's the power of the spoken word of the Lord Jesus. A legion of demons over on the east side of the Sea of Galilee 
were confronted by the Lord Jesus in that Gadarean maniac, weren't they? And and they said they pleaded with him, don't you know, don't send us to hell early, but send us into the swine. And the swine running down the steep. And he had power over that legion of angels, which is demons, sorry. 6,000 a legion is in one individual. How would you like to be that man? Well, you'd like to be him when he got delivered <laughs> and know the freedom as we do in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, God, the omnipotent one, reigneth. Psalm 62 verse 11. Power belongeth unto God, and to him alone, and to no one else. It's been said in our day that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That has to do with mankind. But God has absolute power, and it does not corrupt him because of his other attributes. He's just, he's righteous, he's loving, he's merciful, and all the other attributes of the Lord. Now let's see, we've seen the definition of omnipotence, positively and negatively. We've seen the scriptures on it that we've just read. Now, the visible signature of his omnipotence. <clears throat> Psalm 19 that we read from this morning. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The whole world hears it every day, every night. The line has gone throughout all the earth, the words unto the end of the world. So you see, nobody has an excuse to say, well, I don't know who God is. <laughs> Have a look up. Have a look around. Think of the universe and its immensity as given in these verses and other scriptures. <clears throat> Think just of our solar system. We've sent Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 out decades ago, and they just got outside the solar system. I think both of them are out there now and going out further yeah it's pretty big isn't it you think of all the planets he hangeth them on nothing the earth's pretty heavy but it hangs on nothing and it what does it do it goes round the sun and all the other planets hold their orbit we are in what the scientists say the goldilocks zone as far as our planet is concerned any closer to the sun and we'd cook any further away from the sun and we'd freeze. We were right in that spot. And that's what the scientists tell us. It's a great solar system we have. And they're looking for another one. Why? We might be able to spend a thousand years travelling to it to live on it. Oh, wait a minute, we die. Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Deliver a dead body to some other planet, exoplanet or something. <laughs> Not going to work. Why don't people just read the Bible and say, this is the answer. I'm going to go far beyond the planets and the solar systems, the solar system and the galaxies to be with the Lord. <laughs> wow, that's a wonderful thought. You think of the galaxies, the Milky Way. We're, we're part of the Milky Way, but you can look out at night and see the Milky Way, that spiral flat galaxy that we're part of. <clears throat> it's a hundred and... 5,700 light years across just the Milky Way. You know, you start thinking of God. How long did God take to put these into place? One day. One day in the creation act of Genesis. That's the Milky Way. 
And to put that in kilometres, that's one with 18 zeros kilometres across. That's a, okay, one million trillion kilometres. That's, if, if you can get that, that, that mind-boggling. That's just one galaxy. You know, light, years, light travels at 300,000 kilometres per second, so you have to multiply it out and come to that. This is the power of God. Why should we fall before him? Because of who he is and what he's done. And we believe on that he sent his son to be our saviour. There are, they say, a minimum of 200 billion galaxies. Up to 2 trillion. They can't number them. They can't count them. Observable galaxies in the universe. Each one 3,000 to 300,000 light years across. Some of the galaxies out there are three times bigger than the Milky Way. And the Milky Way we've just explained. The power of God that could speak these into existence like that. Doesn't make you feel humble? <laughs> And Peter tells us, and Paul tells us, to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up in due time. He's concerned about you, though he is so great. <clears throat> what does the policeman say when he pulls you over when you've been driving a bit fast? What, have you heard him? Come on, confess, you've been pulled up. I'm sure. <laughs> How fast were you going? <clears throat> Next time you can tell him, well, sir, I was travelling, I have to read this, 936,670 kilometres an hour, plus whatever you recorded me at. <laughs> you say, he would say, well, let's go down to the, um, the, the ward at the hospital down there, Nolan House or whatever they call it. You, you've lost it. But hey, wait, Sue, wait, before you take me down there, we're spinning around in this world at 1,670 kilometres an hour, just the rotation of the earth. We're all still sitting still, but this is... And the, <coughs> the world is going around the sun once a year at 107,000 kilometres an hour. But that's not all. Our solar system is travelling around the Milky Way centre at, and I have to look this one up, 828,000 kilometres per hour. You add all these up and you're going 936,670 kilometres an hour. Now you can say honestly to the policeman, this is science, sir. <laughs> Am I speeding? <laughs> he might let you off, you know. <laughs> from the knowledge you just expounded to him. And you know, in your lifetime, if you live to 70, you'll travel 574 billion, 366 million, and 44,000 kilometers, if you add all those together. So you go over half a trillion kilometers. Have you been on a trip? We all are on a trip <laughs> to eternity. This is just our solar system, and there's all those others. The power 
of God. She tried to think outside your little box and outside your little house and outside your little town and country. We've got a big country. But it is big when you think of what God has done. That's the universe and its immensity. Let's go the other direction. That's the macro, the micro. That's the little things, the micro. People and their intricacy. So there's the universe and its immensity, the people, us, and their intricacy. In Psalm 139, it says this, Psalm 139 and verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins and hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works and thy soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and curiously, and that word can be intricately, wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Before I was, God knew, and God knew all these things about me, intricately, curiously wrought, fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, <clears throat> I have to check this out. <laughs> Because I'm not a doctor. We've got a doctor here today. <laughs> Dr. Samuel? Yes. <laughs> and so <clears throat> she might have to check, this, check me out on this one. <laughs> we have dozens of different motor protons in every cell of our body. And 50 cells fit in a one millimeter width. And there are dozens of <laughs> proton motor protons in every cell. Yeah. And they're little motors that are going. And how many cells do we have in a body? Well, an average body of about 32 trillion cells. Intricately wrought. The smallest of little things that are going on in our body, who made them? God. And the little motors working at all times to keep us going, and all the other things that are involved in our body and our makeup. God made us. And how long did He take to do it? <laughs> Got up some dust of the ground, red earth, Adam, and put him together in that day that man was created. God is powerful, God is omnipotent. Don't, don't lose sight of that. And you, Every attribute you can go into like this and think. You know, this, this is what you call meditating on the things around us that God has done and, and God himself. Now think of the prophecies and their accuracy. The universe in its immensity, the people and their intricacies, the prophecies and their accuracy. <coughs> Conservative, conservatively, when the Lord Jesus came the first time, he filled, fulfilled 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, conservatively. Edesheim says 456 of Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled when Jesus came the first time. And it said there are still 500 at a minimum, 500. And I can think, oh, I think there's more than that. <laughs> when you think through Daniel, Revelation, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the minor prophets and the prophecies contained therein, even back in Genesis. They... <coughs> will be fulfilled in Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, it says in verse 17 of Matthew 5, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come, not come, said Jesus, to destroy, but to fulfill. 
For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. It will come to pass. <clears throat> and nations need to listen. Hey, leaders of nations need to listen to it because God is going to do it and he's going to work and maybe in our day. And he is working in our day. Well, what's happening in the Middle East is a sign of that. In Isaiah 46 and verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. I will do it. I've been getting a whole heap of verses together on I will do it. As I read through the Bible, it just keeps coming up and up. God will do it. <laughs> he said he would, he will. So maybe a sermon in the future to come on that. <clears throat> so we see the definition of omnipotence, the statement of omnipotence, the signature of his omnipotence in, in ourselves, <clears throat> in prophecy, and in our, in our universe. So the significance here of his omnipotence world events we've touched on that all events in this world that have ever transpired are of God you say oh I know a lot I don't think they're of God God has allowed it if it if it seems to be against his nature for what has happened under his control is there anything that's not under his control no nothing nothing Every earthquake, every flood. You know, we talked the other week about Australia voted or didn't vote in the United Nations for Israel. Now, I think they abstained. Watch out, Australia. <laughs> What's happened since? As a few weeks ago. Earthquake, flood, I mentioned. Hurricane, cyclone, thunderst thunderstorm, volcanoes. Rock slides, fires, events in nature are definitely under God's control. You know, you see the power and the hand of God in these things that are on our little planet Earth. <laughs> <clears throat> All human actions, past, present or future, are under his control and are dependent on the power of God. Uh, <clears throat> everything. And it says in Romans 13 verse 1, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. What about Russia? <laughs> what about Iran? What about the powers that are in power? Mm -hmm. God has them there for a reason. God has them there for a purpose. He has brought them to power. The scriptures tell us so. John 19.11 says, Jesus answered, and he's talking to Pilate, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. <laughs> and that made Pollock go, whoa. <laughs> and it made him want to get d d deliver the Lord from the, from the wild mob, didn't it? But he went ahead and did it anyway, and he gave them consent to murder the Lord Jesus. All in God's will. All in God's will. God is omnipotent. He is in control. You say, well... Why did he let the crucifixion go ahead? <laughs> Good for you to ask. He let the crucifixion, God, the, God let the crucifixion go ahead of his son because of us. <laughs> 
It says in Acts 2.23, him being delivered, the Lord Jesus being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken. They were responsible, Romans, Jews, and everyone, and ourselves for our sin, and by wicked hands have crucified him. De determinate counsel of God. God had planned this out, that his son die. He could have called 10,000 angels, we sing and read. <laughs> what about leaders in the past that seemed to be tyrants? You know, what about the, the Hitlers and the Stalins and the Caesars and the Napoleons and all the people in the past that have ruled like they have? Done things completely contrary to God's will. Is God in control? Yes, he is. Our Prime Minister, our parliamentarians, our judges, our parliamentarians, whether they be local ones or state ones or federal ones, they're being put there, allowed to be put there by God, and they have the power that is given them. Proverbs 21 says, in verse 1, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and the, river, the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. He turns the king's heart. And Cyrus is a picture of that. He turned that man who was an unbelieving person to let the children of Israel go back to their land and, and rebuild. And, and, and it was prophesied before it happened that it would happen and his name was given, Cyrus. God is in control. <clears throat> you think, is he, is he really? Yes, because back in the book of Daniel, he talked about a man with a gold, golden head, that was Babylon, silver, Chest, breast, that was representing Medo-Persia. He talked about the thighs and that of brass that represent... And this is all before these things happened and these kingdoms come. The, the, we're up to Greece, aren't we? Greece. And then the legs of iron, that was Rome, 63 AD, come to, in, 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 and took over from the Greeks. And the revived Roman Empire yet to come, forming in our day. God's in control. He said this would happen. It's happening. It's happened. It's happening and it will happen. And to, to reinforce that, it, that was in chapter 2 of Daniel. In chapter 7 of Daniel, he spoke of these nations as a lion, as a bear, as a leopard, and as a dreadful beast. Read it for yourself. And get acquainted with what's happened and what's happening and that God is powerful and he's in control. Nothing's out of control with the Lord. <coughs> What about ourselves? What about, about us as individuals? What about our personal problems? World events. Is it, you, people are saying, the world's out of control. Stop the world, I want to get off. <laughs> it's not. God's in control. What's happening all around the world, and the person that knows the Bible is, he got all ears. <laughs> What's happening in particularly Iran, Russia, and as Uncle Wallace used to say, my preacher uncle, great uncle, he, he, he said, if you want to know what God's doing, look at Israel. Thank you, someone said it. Look at Israel. That's, the, that's God's time clock. They're the time clock. Right now they're in disobedience. They still have, have not recognised that Jesus, whom they crucified, condemned to death, the religious leaders did, is their Messiah. Pray that some of them would get saved before 
the wrath really falls and that God really starts allowing things to take place. And you know, when you get Iran and Russia and Turkey, all <laughs> talking Turkey, <laughs> getting together and say, wow, that's Bible, <laughs> that's Bible. And don't say that God is not in control. God's allowing that to happen. God's allowed Gaza to happen. And Israel's in the news every day. God wants Israel to be in the news. There's only 7 million people. He wants them to be in the news. And he wants the Islamics to be in the news too. The two opposing, because God is going to deal with both of them to bring, to, to bring honour and glory to his name, we could say. So, <clears throat> national problems. There's so many verses I haven't got time. We've, we've, run, we've run out. <laughs> Personal problems. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, Paul said, now he was an apostle, he wrote half the books of the New Testament, he said, I will, Lord, that this thing pass from me. I've got a problem, it's a personal problem, it's a medical problem, I want this to go away. He had performed miracles on others, but he besought the Lord and the Lord said, no, you're stuck with it, brother, son, or son. And he said, okay, most... Oh, glory for you, glory in mine infirmities, said Paul. If that's what God wants, it'll bring him more glory for having this problem. Then praise be to the Lord. It says in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. He's in control. He is powerful. He's omnipotent. Remember that. We, have, we might have some annoying circumstance or some annoying person, you know. They just rub you up the wrong way. I hope I'm not that one. <laughs> Do I rub you up the wrong way every sermon I preach? <laughs> you know, we might have that. You know, God's put them there for a purpose, for our growth. That's what it's about. Our circumstances, you know. We haven't got a car. We've got hand-me-down clothes. <laughs> I remember when I, I look at the pictures of when I was a teenager. I'm not ridiculing mum and dad. They did what they could. But I had jumpers that were, you know, full, full but they were up here because I'd grown out of them and the shoes, the toes were poking out. And yeah, Praise the Lord. <laughs> a race like that. Everybody's got so much today that we don't appreciate it. You might be thinking, that's me, a run-down house, a neighbourhood that's not a happy neighbourhood, <laughs> divorced parents, or something like that. You've got, so, is God in control? Yes. He's bringing about his purpose in your life. Recognise that. And as soon as you get on board with that, then God can start giving you answers. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you don't like your personal appearance. Is God in control? Is he powerful? You know, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too round, I'm bald... I don't like the colour of my hair, I've got curly hair. It's funny that people with curly hair want to straighten it and people with straight hair want to curly it. <laughs> well, who made you like you are? What does it say in Psalm 139? I'm fearfully, wonderfully made in those psalms. Read on where we were, were in verse 14 to 17. Uh, <clears throat> crooked teeth, <laughs> poor eyesight, four eyes, <laughs> as they, they say. Uh, you could go on. What problem do you have in life? 
what thing gets under your skin and say, why did God make me like this? Leave it. God made you like that for a purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. He's made you like that, made you think that way, so that you might think about him and say, thank you, Lord, for making me and giving me the position where I am in life for your glory. May I bring glory to you in the position and situation I am in. We need to be conformed to the image of Christ, and that's what he wants us to do. We're diamonds in the rough being ground by the Lord to bring about his glory. The time has escaped us. God is omnipotent. He worked in Abraham's life to bring a son. He worked in Moses' life to bring him to be the deliverer. He worked in the likes of Charles Spurgeon, who never went to college, but he's called the Prince of Preachers. And Dwight Moody, he didn't even graduate from fifth grade. Fifth grade, that's primary school. But look how God used him. See, God is in control. When it's not us that gets the glory, but the Lord that gets the glory, that's what God wants. That's what the Lord wants. Paul's personal testimony and my personal testimony, and he says it in 1 Corinthians... For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men are after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the things that are of the base things of the world and the things that are despised. God hath chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. You know, if we humble ourselves under God's hand and say, thank you, Lord, for making me the way I am, accept it and let God bring the glory. These preachers, like the Willie Mullen, what, he's the 18th or 19th child in the family. And the power of his preaching through the time that he ministered, this is, he's gone a long time ago, brought many to, priests would come to his service and listen to him preaching. And he would be hoeing into them from the pulpit and they'd come back the next week. And he, 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 had, he had nothing. He was a drunkard. And he got saved and he became a preacher. God got the glory, not Willie got the glory. That's what God is going to do. And he is pleased when that happens. That's what First Corinthians is about. I pray that we would trust in what God is doing in our lives. Nothing is too hard for him. No prayer is too hard for him to answer, given in faith. If we have faith as a grain of mustard, no need is too great for him to provide. When we think of who he is, and we've seen that a bit today, let's bow ourselves before him, humble ourselves, and then pray, and God will use. God will fit you into the slot in life that he wants you to fulfill. Let's pray. O Lord God Almighty, thank you that you are who you are and we have these revelations and many more that we haven't spoken about today. Lord, you are powerful. And we ought to just humble ourselves before the Lord and you will lift us up. And unless we humble ourselves, we won't be saved, we won't become a Christian and we won't enter heaven, we'll go to hell. Lord, you are powerful. 
but you don't transgress and push us around. Lord, you let us choose. Choose you this day, folks, whom you will serve, you tell us. And I pray that we'd each one choose the Lord, the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus, our Saviour. Bless us as we go our way this day and look forward to a new year tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>